What's up, beer drinkers? We got another great show for you again this week. I think I have on this show probably the best beer I've rated on this show of the last six years. So stay tuned for that. I mean, that comes up pretty much right away, so you don't have to wait too long to see which beer it's going to be. But yeah, this this beer was tr- just tremendous. Uh, let's see what else we. Of course, we talk about the beer news and. In the beer news, we talk about Instagram uh, banning some posts by some breweries and tap rooms and also uh, beer stores and uh, seemingly for no reason. So we talk about that. We talk about none beer and we talk about Miller Life marketing team at it again this Christmas season. Christmas? No, Christmas season. Thank you. We also have our Coach's Corner, our third installment of Coach's Corner, and things are heating up. In fact, today is Thursday the 16th. One of the coaches just got fired, so in our next installment, we will have one edition, and next year, we already know one per two people, if you, talk, if you think about the Raiders. We have two coaches at least next year, so um yeah for all the teams that are doing well there's a bunch of teams that are (laughs) losing coaches Uh, let's see what else oh yeah the plugs don't forget to follow us on instagram and untap search cold brew podcast also if you live in arizona or will be in arizona in in yeah 2022 (laughs) january on to january 15th 2022 you can buy some tickets to the Copper State Beer Festival, and I'll be there. I know Rachel um, Benkowski, or excuse me, Professor Bierkowski is going to be there. She's going to have her own tent over there. Bunch of great Arizona breweries and wineries and cideries, food trucks, uh, spirits. Bunch of spiriteries are going to be there. I'm going to be there. There's going to be live music. It's going to be a grand old time out in Mesa, Arizona. So get your tickets. Before it's too late, I know beer, uh, the tickets are going to go up $5, but uh, just stay, pay attention to our Instagram. I'm going to uh, throw out a 10% discount coupon uh, courtesy of my new friend, Blind Brew Guy. So check that out. Keep your eyes peeled on Instagram for that coupon code. All right. So without further ado, it's time for another cold brew. What's up, Chrome? It's our turn, baby. Beer reviews. We got the beer and the Gucci is beer news. We Gucci, baby. This ain't our job, <laughs> but we're still fly. You know we're the flyers. Barely pay our rent, because all our money is spent. Hey, you know that's right. On barrel-aid styles Ooh. and barley wine. It's barley wine, We raise a glass to our heroes who have passed. R.I.P. Sports TV. Talk about anything, anything and again. Right. We do what we want, cause we're cold brew. We're cold brew, baby. Coming at you, pre-recorded from Cold Brew Nurseries. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and she is baby number two. <laughs> we are Cold Brew Podcast. How are you doing this week, man? Good. Yeah. Good. Living the dream. Yeah, dadding it up. No, these yeah. are the precious moments. These are the moments you you kind of miss later on. 
All the hardships and the struggles you that you have to endure throughout the uh, the early parts, they you know, they they're kind of you, for me anyway. I kind of re- look back on them fondly. Yeah, yeah, because the when they get older, they get more sophisticated, more complicated. Um, <laughs> you're like, I wish it was just as easy as giving her a bottle or changing her, and then or get putting her down for a nap. <laughs> Oh man, how you doing this week, man? Are you uh, you good? Do you have yeah, a good, good week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say so. <laughs> man, I did you listen to our last podcast? I did not. Well, the beer history is was was segment was phenomenal. I mean, that was, that oh, was yeah. pristine. That was great. <laughs> it was yeah. our save the show, really. <laughs> yeah, that's why I put it first. I'm like, if people wanted to cut, cut out at the second half, I don't blame them. I only yeah. listened to like the first like few minutes and the last few uh-huh. minutes just so I could put the the bumper songs in and out and that was it uh-huh. man but I was cringing the whole time <laughs> but it was mostly due to me because you know when I yeah. get drunk I mean I I talk over you a lot but when I get drunk I talk over you like nonstop. it's like shut the fuck up already Greg <laughs> no that's what that's what people tune in for <laughs> me buttoning in <laughs> yes oh man all right well let's get to the show so you can uh, do what you got to do with your daughter and get her to go to sleep. All right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. All right. So on. Oh, so today I have in front of me from our good friends in Phoenix, Arizona. From Renhouse Brewing Company. I have their Spellbinder with Galaxy. Now, many of you know Spellbinder because it won uh, gold at GABF 2020 for the Hazy Juicy IPA category. And that was with their, um, it had Pills Malt, Oats, AZ Grown Sonora White Wheat. And they use all premium Northwest hops, Cascade in the Whirlpool, followed by a big mosaic and Citra Dry Hop. So when I, when I talked to Drew about this, the one of the owners of Ren, that was brewed with, uh, with award winning in mind. The, but to win a gold, they were kind of throwing it back because they had no idea it was going to win a gold. But that was their goal. So this is Spell Binder with Galaxy. Now, I love me some Galaxy hops. So, And I will pull back the curtain a little bit. I've had this once before, but it was on tap over at Ground Control. So this is the first time I had it in <laughs> having it in the can. Oh, oh do, you have, do you have Prince William in the can? Or how, how does that go? <laughs> I forgot the uh, I forgot the joke. Well, yeah, but uh, that reminded me of a uh, vacation. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, can I have a coke? <laughs> Would you like that in the can? No, right here. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's see here. So yeah, so it it looks like it's um oh 100% Galaxy hops. So the other one had uh, the Cascade, and this one's got 100% Galaxy in it. So. Without further, oh, uh, it's 7.0% alcohol by volume, and it's got a 16-ounce can. All right. What do you got? All right. I have, from our friends up at Epidemic Ales, their Pucker Punch. Ooh, all right. It's a, it's a raspberry lemon wheat. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were going to call it a sour. I thought it was going to be a sour. I'm like, whoa, I was surprised. Uh, it might be. I, I, I have a feeling it's on the tart end, but just let me read about it uh, on the can. We added tart, lemon zest, and more than 200 pounds of real juicy 
raspberries to a wheat base to really pucker your, your punch. The magenta hue of this tart beautifully will draw you in and the satisfying combo of wheat and fruit will keep you coming back for more. Get ready for a fruit forward punch to the face. <laughs> yes, in the face. <laughs> in the face. All right, and without any further ado, Papa. Hey, real quick, I have an idea. Yeah. What's up? Do you, you want to name our kids? I'll give them, uh, give them show names. Yes. Oh, that's a good idea. I need a week to, to think about it, though. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. All right. So, because, uh, uh, or Dwight, you already, have you already thought of it? <laughs> no, we'll, we'll run the, the Wu-Tang name generator. Oh, that. Well, I thought uh, your first daughter was some, like, uh, Bullets Over Broadway or some shit like that. Was it? It was, yeah. It was an alliteration with bees in it. And I was going to call her BB. Huh. Okay, I vaguely remember that now that you say it. Yeah, I, I forgot exactly what it was. I thought it was brilliant, but then, <laughs> what, like almost two years later, I forgot what it, uh, what the generator was. All right, we'll, gener we'll generate them later. All right, this one is excellent. Like I said, I love Galaxy Hops. Uh, about this one what about a week ago, and I was hoping sitting it for a week would help, and it did, because I remember drinking it over at Ground Control, and I thought I got a little green on it sitting for a week in um in the uh, in the can thank you uh it uh not only developed hemorrhoids but no <laughs> it <laughs> was sitting on the can for a week <laughs> yeah you think someone get hemorrhoids right some numb numb, numb legs too no this one uh, softened up quite a bit it's 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 a gorgeous beer man i like this one better than the original this one is fantastic this is a near perfect ipa for me right here this this is goddamn freaking gorgeous Wow. All right. Uh, what about you? Well, that advertised, it, it is tart. Uh, mm -hmm. It's got some nice uh, raspberry notes to it. Kind of a Lambic-esque, if you will. Okay, and, yeah. And also with that is, uh, is the, it's got that zesty punch to it. So I totally get it. All right. So we will rate these later on our untapped portion of the show. So don't forget to follow us on Untapped. Search Cold Brew Podcast. And friend us and we'll friend you back. But now it's time for the beer news. All right, I got a couple stories here. Um, let's see here. The first one is something I noticed on Instagram. It's been happening for a couple weeks now, but... Food and Wine, um, they are they wrote about it just this past week, and they say breweries say Instagram keeps removing their beer pics and won't explain why. So I've seen this. In fact, uh, a couple of the um, not only the breweries but tap rooms around here are like you know capturing pictures of the beer, putting it on Instagram, saying, "Hey, you know these just came in. We got some freshies in. Come down and get yours." And they've been banning them, <laughs> and so they've, they've been. The ones I've seen, they've been taking um, the actual ban because when you look at it uh, on your Instagram, it'll have the like the it'll fuzz it out and everything. It'll blur it, and then it'll say you know cannot show content or whatever the exact wording is, and they'll take a screenshot and put that on there and, and use that as the post. Oh really? Yeah. So yeah, but um, 
In early October, see, it's, it's been happening for a couple months now, Off Color Brewing posted a picture on Instagram to announce that cans of its scurry dark honey ale were available in its Chicago taproom. The pick was pretty standard brewery fare, just three cans of beer that were surrounded by some seasonally appropriate autumn leaves. But for some reason, Instagram flagged the post for violating its community guidelines and it was removed from Off Color's accounts. Um, this has been happening uh, before, like I said, on other Instagram accounts. Not only Scurry, but uh, I think Angry Chair, uh, Line Creek Brewing, New Trail Brewing, and Vitamin C Brewing in Massachusetts. Uh, in a post on their Beer Adv Advocate community forums, the marketing manager for Austin's Live Oak Brewing wrote that they previously had been post they previously had posts removed to algorithm errors on a couple of occasions. Instagram may have mistaken fresh hops for marijuana, but something else seems to be happening now. Uh, let me see. According to the Independent, some breweries in England have, even in England, have had their picks pulled too. Breweries in Cornwall, Leeds, and Safford have been received have received warnings from the platform because they posted photos of beer cans or other beer-related imagery. Let me see if I scroll down. There are community standards for restricted goods and services regarding Instagram's parent company Meta state that, quote, brick and mortar and online retailers may promote firearms, alcohol and tobacco items available for sale off our services. However, we restrict visibility of this content for minors. Oh, so that's the game. Okay. Yeah, but how do you know, like, if you have a minor that's following you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so I, I get their legal stance on, on why they get away with it, but I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, well, then would someone have to register their page as 18 and over then for followers? Yeah, well, for beer, it would be 21. Well, depending on what country oh. I guess you're in yeah. or what municipality, whether it's 21 and over, 18 and over. And shit, even I think in France, if you're eight and over, I think that, <laughs> for wine anyway. Um, let's see, the community standards also state that the company allows <clears throat> discussions about the sale of these goods in stores or by online retailers. The guidelines note that only legitimate brick and mortar entries or entities, including retail businesses, websites, or brands, or private individuals sharing content on behalf of legitimate brick and mortar entities, are allowed to post about the sale of or purchase of alcohol. So you can't, like me and you, being individuals can't um put stuff for sale on our instagram accounts right like i don't even think our our show account accounts because we're not a brick and mortar store yes we are <laughs> no it's like plaster and wood over here hey, just not open. and stucco <laughs> yeah but i have a i have bricks coming right now <laughs> they're in the mail <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, it's a uh, there's real no real answer. People, uh, the food and wine has reached out to Instagram and they have failed to to uh, respond. And I know that some of these breweries and tap rooms have reached out to Instagram and they are not giving them. They're giving them the runaround. They're just giving them the links to uh, the policy, the guidelines. It's like, well, you're not real fucking answering our questions, asshole. Yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, that's been going on Instagram. So. And I think I want to say some individual accounts have been have been doing have done have had that done to them, because you know I scroll through a lot and I 
ingest a lot of beer content on Instagram. And so it just rings a bell that I've seen individuals get flagged before. So, all right. I mean, that's yeah. kind of unfortunate. I, I get Instagram has, has their guidelines and, um, you know, it's kind of like the people who want to see that stuff follow their page. Uh, you know, you, you, you can't protect the babies on social media. You know what I'm saying. Right. Because they're going to find like, because the, there's worse shit out there. I, I'm sorry. You know, I, I get, again, I get the guidelines, but there's a lot mm-hmm. worse things out there. Yeah, maybe you do a, uh, when you sign up, you got to do an, uh, a birth thing or birthday uh, entry. <laughs> Go shoddy. All right, uh, let's see. Moving right along. I have a joke for you. All right. All right. Uh, what kind of beer can a priest drink on Fridays? Is it none? <laughs> none beer. All right. And that brings us to our next story out of Meredret Abbey, Belgium. The nuns of Meredret Abbey in Belgium were struggling to scrape together the funds for badly needed renovation works. They turned to an occupation that for hundreds of years had been the uh, preserve of monks brewing beer. The 20-strong Benedictine community founded in 1893 decided about five years ago it was time to team up with a brewer with aim to producing beer-infused with some of their history and values while helping repair their convents, leaking roofs, and cracked walls. So after nearly three years of collaboration with brewer and importer John Martin, uh, Maradret Altis, a 6.8% amber beer using cloves and juniper berries, and Maradret Triplus, an 8% blonde incorporating coriander and sage, went on sale in the summer. So not only have monks brewing beer, but now we have nuns brewing beer out of Germany. I mean Germany, out of uh, Belgium. Sorry, they were, uh, I was looking down at the next paragraph and it mentioned the German Benedictine abbess from the 11th century who has inspired the Belgian order along with plants commonly grown in the nun's garden. So uh, cur- current production is uh, 300,000 bottles per year which would rise to around 3 million within a couple of years. Outside Belgium, it's already being sold in Italy and Spain. So, monks brew beer, now nuns brew beer. Hey, I'm all for that, man. You know, equality. Should, should, exactly. be, should be even on both sides. And I liked how they, uh, they asked the help of uh, like an experienced brewer to figure it out rather than just doing some home brews. <laughs> To, to try to figure out, you know, come out strong, basically. And I'm sure the nuns can handle it on their own after a while. Just give them a couple runs with the expert and then just let them, let them, do, their, let them do their thing. Definitely. All right. And finally on the docket today for the beer news, Miller Lite introduces beernaments in time for Christmas. I saw that. So these look like, I don't know if they're made of either glass or ceramic because they're all white and you could pull them off the tree and then pour beer in them <laughs> and then drink oh, out of the, the ornament. They got to be, they got to be plastic. Oh, okay. You think so? Yeah. Well, the ones I saw, they like come apart and you snap in a small can. It's like oh, an eight okay. ounce can. Oh, oh, I see it now. I see it. I just thought they were just huge balls that you put that could fit like a pint of beer. <laughs> That'd be fun. I see it now. Yeah, they have plastic or maybe even foam, I guess. Yeah, plastic would be, would be better, I would suppose. 
Uh, the ornaments are designed to snugly hold an 8-ounce can of Miller. So not even the full 12-ounce can, but an 8-ounce can of Miller Lite. The company writes that once the beer has been drunk, the ornaments have the tab on them so they can be hung from a tree. So there's not even like a cap on them with a, a hook. It's You use the tab from the can to hang it from the tree. <laughs> I hope you clean it out first. You know, at least rinse it out with some water once. Otherwise, you smell like stale beer. Well, there's a lot of houses that smell like still beer Christmas morning. So. <laughs> that's, that's true from the night before, especially in Mexican households. They stay up late well, drinking uh, Christmas uh, Christmas Eve, and then they just uh, go to bed, and they have to get up and clean early in the morning. Party continues. Mm. Oh, yeah, just keep it rolling, right? Anyway, so, yeah, um, they are... Let's see, where is the... Uh, doesn't say where uh, how you can get them. Oh, they're selling them online. Here we go. I got yeah, the press you know, I just right did now. a quick. Yeah, yeah, I, I did a quick search, and it, they said it wasn't available in my area, so I, I kind of <clears throat> just lost interest right away. Well, according to this, uh, it's available nationwide, December third at three p.m. Um, on beernaments.com for only nineteen seventy-five for a six-pack while supplies last. So I'm sure it's already been done. Anyway, all right. You know what time it is? So now it's time for everyone's favorite segment on Cold Brew because it's my favorite segment. It's time for the third installment of the Cold Brew Coach's Corner. All right, yeah, so here we go. Uh, Coach's Corner. And so after 13 weeks of football, mm -hmm. we're going to visit our friend um, uh, MCDC, as he's uh, known, right. Motor City, Dan Campbell, uh, head coach of the Detroit Lions. He went for the week 10 through week 13. He went one, two, and one. Hey, now, that one was huge. Right. Right. That was a crazy, crazy game. Um, well, the tie was a crazy game as well. Uh, right. They they tie to Pittsburgh, then they lose to Cleveland by three, and they lose to Chicago by sixteen. So those are both one score games. No, no, by two. And then they sixteen. Beat. You meant sixteen to fourteen. What did I say? You said they lost by sixteen. Oh, a sixteen to fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. So both of those are one score games. Right. And then they win a one score game. Yeah. Twenty twenty nine to twenty seven. Very questionable defensive uh, play call by the uh, by the Vikings putting eight DBs in a. It was just weird. Instead, yeah. of, instead of rushing Goff and making him uh, hurry the throw, they gave him all the time that he needed and uh, didn't even cover the under. It was it was just bizarre play calling. Definitely. But hey, um, the Lions took advantage and they won. So fuck, man. I'm not taking away from the Lions. I'm just I'm just bashing the, the Vikings. What I would have done anyway. Anyway, go ahead. I think they were betting on Goff to be Goff and screw it up. <laughs> well, Goff is Goff when you pressure him, not when you give him, like, uh, two or three seconds back there. Ah, uh, that's true. So, they are 1-10-1, uh, and one, uh, and they're in last place in the NFC North. Hey, but they got that win, so I'm, it feels like a victory for the season for me anyway. <laughs> and, and the tie. And the tie, yeah, yeah, but you know they had the zero in the W column. And you want that at least, you know, you know, you you don't want to 
You want a straight number there. Right. Um, so moving on to David Coley from the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this part of the season, he went uh, one and two as they had a bye in week 10. Right. So they beat Tennessee. To A lot of people calling that one an upset. Yeah. Including me. And then they lose to uh, the Jets 21-14. And then they get shut out at home versus Indy, Oof. thirty-one to zero. In fact, too that uh, that game was uh, featured in uh, in the HBO Hard Knocks in in season as they are following the Colts this year. Oh, okay, well, that's a that's a great. Finally, <laughs> they they made a good decision on who to follow. You know what I like about it is uh, it does cover a lot more stars because a lot of fringe players and rookies and. You know, guys who don't see a lot of time um, are covered. However, in the middle in the middle of the season, you really don't got that. You know, yeah, you got your backups, but uh, you know who's doing what for the team is a lot of a lot of starters, obviously, and a lot of stars among the starters. So. Yeah, hey, do, are they following Jonathan Taylor? I haven't seen any of this season. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, yeah. I mean, he had that five touchdown game. <laughs> Fucking oh, uh, <laughs> uh, Al Bundy, eat your heart out. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next coach. Oh, no, you, you didn't finish the uh, his overall. All right. So overall, that puts them at 2 and 10, third in the AFC South. Right. 2 and 2 in the division. That's important cuz it gives them the edge over the next coach on the list who is in the AFC South as well. Right. Good old Urban Meyer. In fact, there is a little uh, more of uh, what I want to say. Off the field antics with Urban Meyer. Uh, allegedly, he uh, he told off a lot of his assistant coaches, right? And uh, you know, basically called them, you know, called them out and like asked what they have accomplished and whatnot. But at the same time, these were his handpicked staff. So what's <laughs> what's the point of that? You know. I did re- read a little blur, but there was, uh, it was from unnamed sources, so I don't know how credible it is. But if there's smoke, there's fire. So there's got to be some truth to it. I uh, yeah, I'm in that. I'm in that field. I get it. Because uh, not because of where he's at. I mean, Jacksonville. I mean, okay, it's still a pro team, right? Because of who he is and how he got there and what they've been doing, it's like. He's under a bigger microscope than most. Right. Um, so anyway, for this block, uh, the Jags went 0-4, losing to Indy, losing to the Niners, losing to Atlanta, and losing to the Rams. Yep. Um, moving on. Oh, wait. And that puts them. Where's that put them? They're 2-10. Uh, two, two However, they are last in the AFC South. All right. Yeah, because they're 0-3 in the, in the division. Correct. Correct, correct. Let's see. Oh, so there's a lot of division games left in that AFC South. Oh, yeah. Wait till you get to the, um, where is it, the uh, the Raiders. They're all yeah. division. Oh, no, there's, there's one non-division game. There's, a, there's another one, I thought. Oh, it's uh, the Eagles. All they have is division games left. Oh, do they now? Yeah. All right. Let's keep going, though. We're not there yet. We are on the... New York Jets. Correct. Your boy, Bob Sala, 
went one in, went one and three this uh, this part of the season, losing to Buffalo pretty bad, forty five to seventeen. Then uh, losing to Miami, uh, twenty four to seventeen. So they kept that seventeen going. I think yeah. uh, they could hold other teams under twenty. No, under seventeen they have a shot. Uh, <laughs> then they beat Houston twenty one fourteen. Mm-hmm. And then they lose to Philly 33-18, putting them 3-9 and on the season and last in the AFC East. Yeah, that's a tough division to be uh, to be anywhere. <laughs> yeah, right. Buffalo and uh, the Patriots and even Miami's doing well now. Bet they are. Uh, moving on to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. And Coach Nick Sirianni, who uh, got them on track, I would say this part of the season, uh, win- number, uh, thirty to thirteen, winning at New Orleans forty to twenty nine, uh, losing to the Giants uh, thirteen to seven, but then winning at the Jets thirty three eighteen. That's correct. So that puts them 6 and 7 on the season and they are third in the NFC East. All right, and if, as, as I noted, um, if and if you could see right now they have a uh, against uh, they host Washington, host the Giants, then they're at Washington and then they are back at home for Dallas. So they have three out of the next four games in um well, all four games are in the division but three of the uh the four games are at home. Uh, that's not a bad spot to be in. No. Necessarily. I mean, uh, of course, uh, home games down the stretch are nice. Um, you know, Philly, say what you will, the, the weather's in their favor. Although, you know, the Giants in Washington basically on the same storm system, and Dallas is indoors. So, yeah, it could it could come down to that Dallas game for them to get a a, a seed or, or or possibly a you know get a, a playoff a, a spot. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Especially in the NFC, it seems like there's a. There's a quagmire there for the bottom two spots. Right. All right, moving on. Atlanta Falcons with Arthur Smith. Um, let's see this part of the season. They went one and three, losing to Dallas by uh, forty-three to three. <laughs> um, then losing to, to the Patriots, getting shut out twenty-five nothing, and they beat Jacksonville twenty-one uh, fourteen. And then they lose to Tom Brady. I mean, Tampa Bay. <laughs> it does look like Tom Brady on the fucking yeah. court sheet, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, so that puts them overall uh, five and seven, and they are third in the NFC South. Not bad. I think they had higher aspirations than third. You know, with Arthur Smith bringing his offensive mind to the uh, to the ball club, and then being so close last year on a bunch of games. I think they had a. Uh, I think they a lot of people expect them to be in the playoffs right. at least in the hunt well i guess they are in the hunt technically but they're, they don't look too well they, they're beating up the little teams though right moving on to the la san diego Chargers. <laughs> super charges uh brandon staley he went two and two this part of the season uh losing to minnesota then beating pittsburgh uh, 41-37, so a little shootout there. Mm-hmm. Then losing to Denver, the the ever so pesky divisional game, and then winning at Cincinnati again, 41 uh, to 22. So they're putting up some some uh, some points there in uh, 
in charge of land. Yeah. They're Bringing give, them... They're giving up a lot, though, as well. That's true. Go ahead. So... Oh, wait. Niners just scored. Nice. Oh, sweet. Um, let's see. So that puts them uh, five and seven. Second in the AFC West. Uh, I know... Well, we'll get into that uh, with our next team. The <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders. All right. So, yes. So, uh, Rich Basaccia, Basaccia mm-hmm. got into this uh, this uh, spot due to a professional hitman, if you ask... Uh, <laughs> John Gruden. Yeah, if you ask... Uh, what's his name? The guy who does the Raiders. The guy who they fired Greg Pop before. Oh, Greg... Uh, Musburger? Yeah. Musburger said it was a paid assassin who, who outed Gruden. Mm-hmm. So... It was an inside job. Uh, they I targeted him all along. Yeah. I believe it, yo. So, <laughs> I don't know why, so but I do. On, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, this part of the season, um, the Raiders went 1-3, losing to Kansas City. And they lost bad again today to Kansas City. <laughs> right. Uh, losing to Cincy. And then beating Dallas on a, uh, on a great shootout on a... Uh, on Thanksgiving night. Did you catch that one? Yeah, I, I watched most of it. It was an exciting game. I was pulling for Dallas only because yeah. I picked them in my pickums. That was the only reason I was pulling for Dallas. Yeah. But otherwise, it yeah. didn't matter to me. Right. That, I was exactly in the same boat. And then um, they lost to Washington. Um, putting them at on the season 6-6. Six and six, Last in the AFC West. But Bisaccia uh, is 3-4. and four. Around, batting around 500 <laughs> for an interim right, right. coach, pretty good. Right. So, um, one, two, three. so the coach's corner started with seven guys, and now there are eight because of the whole Basaccia thing. Uh-huh. But we're already kind of projecting toward next year on how things are looking, and um, some coach turnover potentially could be in the hot seat is a. Uh, Mike Zimmer of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You know, they got a nice squad, but yeah, maybe some uh, some coaching uh, faux pas are, uh, are making them uh, lose some close ones. Right, exactly. I.e. the Lions. Bunch of different games, but yeah. Yeah. Matt Nagy, I hear there's a lot of uh, back and forth about him and management with the, when, whether to go with Dalton or Fields and uh, just the team underachieving. Now, Khalil Mack is hurt. I mean that's a huge uh, piece of their defense as well. Um, I don't know who else got is hurt on the team, but you know uh, it's definitely uh, putting them in a bind considering they were what the playoffs like three years ago. Yeah, the double doink game. Yeah, now that was was, was that, that four years ago? ago? Might have been four years ago. Four, yeah. The uh, um, the thing I have to say about Nagy though, do you remember around Thanksgiving there was like a leak came out saying that they were going to let him go? Right. But then, but yeah. they didn't want to do it right before on a short week, and you know, give the interim a short time. So I was expecting a, a release on on that th- on that Friday, but when it didn't happen, now I'm guessing they're just waiting to the end of the year. They don't want like a big old coaches debacle during the that, that that's the McCluskeys or McCluskeys, whatever they're called. Right. That's their thinking. So he well, his days are numbered, I think. Well, yeah, and I listen to a lot of sports talk, and they were saying because of whatever rule there is in the NFL is. Um, the 
if you have an opening for a head coach, you could start interviewing or asking to interview during week 17, the last two weeks of the season. So okay. that'd be week 17 and week 18 now because of the extra game. So, um, so yeah, you could start hearing a lot of coordinators' uh, names and, and the rumor mills going through uh, through organizations, uh, either for you know. Uh, I guess that's the double-edged sword. Is like you know, coaches get fired and they they the the team with the opening wants to land the biggest fish first. You know what I mean? Right, so yeah. it's like, and um, I I don't know how it's going to affect teams that are going to go in the playoffs or deep in the playoffs or or even college guys too. So. It'd be interesting. Right. Uh, then Matt Rule, who this is his second year in Carolina. He was he was featured last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, very, very well underachieving. I think they lost again today. To the um, Falcons, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know how quick of a turnaround they expected with him. Mm-hmm. However, uh, yeah, things aren't going as smooth as they probably hoped. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, What's his name? McCaffrey's been in and out of the lineup, so that that hurts too. He's your number one weapon on offense, and you can't even rely on him. Yeah. So it's not all his fault, but yeah, they're they they haven't done well in and then bringing. I don't know whose idea was it to bring back Cam Newton, but that wasn't the right idea. Nah, I mean uh, they were hoping for that that little spark uh, jump start, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-oh. That's zero and two on quarterbacks this year for them, though. If you count Donald uh, Darnold. Right. All right. Who else? Anybody else? Uh, and then, of course, the aforementioned Urban Meyer. Could he be a one and done? Maybe. Could, man. He, be the, could he be the next Chip Kelly? Is that <laughs> with, what we're with all the off-field uh, shenanigans that's going on, it's just too much, man. We don't need that crap. Pretty much, yeah. So I can see a one and done. We'll we'll see. I don't know what the uh, the the cons right isn't the con owns it. Right. Yeah. So we'll see how he. Maybe he likes it. Maybe he likes all the people talking about the the, the ja- Jacksonville Jaguars. Dis, you know, despite whether it's positive right. or negative, at least people are talking. Right. I, I totally get that. So we'll see. All right. And then um, this kind of by default, but Versace is in the hot seat. I mean, I don't. I don't think the Raiders are going to keep him on. Next right. Year. Exactly. Uh, he's. Yeah. I mean, I I put him on the list just because. Yeah. It's it's kind of an obvious thing. No one really ever keeps their interim coach as their head coach for next year. Yeah. And then uh, David Culley. Uh, I think yeah. Going into the season, people were just calling him a, a placeholder. Exactly. Because as soon as they get the whole, um, what's his name? Watson. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun, Deshaun. Yeah, as soon as they get him squared out, the the team will will go in a new direction with new new coaches and whatnot. So you kind of feel for the guy in that aspect. At least, uh, you know, it, it just take it does take someone to to understand that to step up and still, you know, do his best and and show up every day and coach and lead and stuff like that too. So. Yeah, maybe can't uh, fault him for that. Yeah, maybe he he went into the season knowing that. Like maybe the ownership hopefully told him oh, that that yeah, was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely he knew that. Yeah. So you go and in, do then, your thing and then and then get duck out. Yeah. And then of course, your boy <laughs> Pete Ellen DeGeneres Carroll. <laughs> he is uh Yeah, he is uh, I think his days are numbered. You know, when I saw this on some of the lists, I'm like I was like, really? He's done so well up there. But then you think about it, maybe his prime is over. Some of it could be because Wilson's not doing too well. But yeah. you look at the rest of the division. 
What What do you notice about all the head coach? They're young and they're innovative. Yeah, and they're, yeah, they're all that. That's another thing. He, he's a defensive guy. Then mm-hmm. Zimmer's a defensive guy. Um, I'm not sure about Nagy. I think Nagy's an. No, I think he, Nagy's no, offensive guy. Yeah, he was an OC at at uh, Kansas City. Right. That's right. Um. Basaccio was a was a special teams guy. <laughs> hey, uh, you can't knock special teams guy because no. Belichick was a special teams guy. Yeah, uh, the the other Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, is a special teams guy. There you go. In fact, uh, <clears throat> what's it called? They were saying, uh, okay, you heard about the Notre Dame coach, right? Yeah. Uh, God um, damn it! What's his name? Well, okay, Brian, well, Brian, Brian Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. He left to LSU, right? And then Notre Dame promoted the uh, defensive coordinator, a young guy. I forgot his name, but the point I'm getting is um, that when they brought the team together, the guy who um, who like introduced the new head coach was actually it was their strength coach. Okay. But but I'm in the vein of strength coach and stuff is a is is the special teams coordinator and is in a guy who who works with a lot of player well with all the players on both offense and defense because that's where he gets his special teams guys from right yeah you yeah know. from both sides of the ball yeah so the fact is that's why uh Pisaccio was they felt was a good uh, st- uh you know fill in because uh, b- b- a lot of players know him or all the players know him in, so in, in a, some aspect or it was more of a personnel move than a uh, than a like a a strategy a, uh, yeah a strategist on on offense or defense right got it Players, uh, players, coach. There you go. <clears throat> so we'll yeah, see. Um, we'll see. Uh, that'd be a lot, man. Uh, we have uh, seven people listed again. So yeah, and it'll be about the yeah. same. Same as last year. Right. Or this year, I should say. Definitely be interested. Uh, yeah. Well, and then going back to Seattle too is. Uh, yeah, I mean, Carol's old. I mean, what are they going to do to reset? That I mean, that they still don't have their first draft pick this year. Mm-hmm. I mean. In fact, going into the draft before, uh, before, well, I don't know if the Thursday game, I forgot who played exactly, but I don't know how, oh yeah, no, it was, it was Dallas. Steelers and, uh, no, oh. Steelers and, uh, oh, this past one. Oh, that was the Vikings, right? Yeah, Steelers-Vikings, that's right, Vikings yeah, oh, yeah. Right, but Steelers made a game of it, but what I was going to say is going into that game, um, it was weird because, like, the... The Jets had like pick four and five, and then the Giants had pick six and seven, and then the the Eagles had picks seven and eight. So, oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, yeah, they got the the all Eastern Seaboards got the first ten locked up. Pretty much. <laughs> all right, so yeah, we'll have to wait. It's going to be exciting at the end of the year. Um, we will revisit this uh, and give the last. Uh, segment of the season and see how all the teams do and then I think by that time we'll know some of the firings too definitely yeah it'd be interesting to see if uh, well the only guy on this list is uh, Meyer yeah if Meyer or Coley even uh, make it to the end of this list or if someone else gets uh, thrown on i.e. like Carol or uh, oh, or a quick or, or, room or something yeah yeah Again, because people people are gonna start, you know, making uh, making moves, making yeah, making moves or making seats available. Right. All right. Um, so, how's your beard treating you, man? 
good. You know, uh, like a lot of tart beers, they opened up a little bit, and uh, it's 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 nice. It worked well, like it, and that's one reason why I got this beer. Uh, I'm not the biggest sour fan. However, I know that um, wheat beers uh, they take flavor well. Yeah. All right. So you know I mean? if you're gonna if, yeah if you're gonna infuse flavor into a beer, uh, other than like a, a gold ale or a blonde ale, I mean uh, a wheat beer is up there for that. Oh yeah, it happens a lot, and for for me, it always tastes like soap. All right, uh, <laughs> especially like well, you know, one of the more popular ones is I've seen is like raspberry, and so raspberry yeah. and wheat go very well. And then of course everyone knows about Belgian wits and their and oranges and all that. But uh, we are going to un, un unrate our <laughs> our beers on tap. We're gonna rate our beers on untapped right now. And let's see here. You had. I knew it was by Epidemic, and I knew it was Pucker in there, but what was it called? Uh, Pucker Punch? Pucker Punch, that's right. Pucker Punch. There it is. Pucker Punch Raspberry Lemon Wheat Beer. And what would you like to rate this beer at? I'm going to give it a 3.5. It was a nice beer. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe it is me, um... I, I probably would have went for a little less zesty uh, tartness. Okay. Um, it's, right now it has an overall rating of 3.61, and we rated it 3.5, so you're right. You're pretty close. What notes would you like to leave? Um, tart. Tart. Zesty. Zesty. Yeah. And what? Oh, just tart and zesty? Um. Yeah. Just okay. Right. You know, I just noticed it for the first time. We've been doing Untapped for a long time, but uh, you get 255 characters for your for your what do you call it for your uh, notes on right. uh, any particular check-in. And I'm just wondering, like, has anyone ever really took time to eloquently describe their beer where they needed 255 uh, characters to describe it? That'd be something for uh, the Instagrammer uh, Pilsnerish. You might remember him from uh, his account before Untap WTF. All right, I had Spellbinder with Galaxy for my beer. I love this beer. I'm gonna give it a four seven five. That's how much I love this beer. It's uh, it's got some citrus notes to it. Um, it has a lot of mouth uh, soft. It's got like some, I don't know if it's like grape or berries type of fruitiness to it that I really like. This is like a and I, I do get some stone fruit in there, so maybe some some tart mango in there. I fucking love this beer, man. Um, and it it's actually for me for some whatever reason I like it better out of the can than from the cake, but that's just my own weird taste. Spellbinder. You like it, you like it in the can? Would that, would that be <laughs> yeah, I like it in the can. Uh, let's see. Be sure to leave that in the notes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Right now has an overall rating of 4.15. None of our friends have checked in on it yet. So I'm going to check in 4.75. And I'm going to say it is uh, smooth. And what I say is kind of citric. And uh, um, how do I say berry-y? Berry-esque? berry esque very and i'll put esque esque 
Why does we want to change Esk to Raquel? It makes no sense to me. Barry Esk. And... <laughs> and then I'll put a period in now, right? I like it in the can. And save. One of my highest rated beers I've ever, we've ever done on this show. I think the uh, last time I gave a 475 was that, that Bourbon County Rare. Remember uh, we recorded at your bachelor party with LT? Yeah, that was a delicious one. That was awesome. All right, a um, couple of things, a couple of uh, notes I, that I took down that I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, so for uh, my my daughter's into Olivia Rodrigo. I, I told you that I, I've mentioned that on the show, but a few months ago, and she just announced uh, tour dates, and so tickets went on sale December tenth. So I was ready to go. It was ten at ten a.m. my time. And I had my, I had everything ready. I pre-loaded everything that I needed to on the app, on the Ticketmaster app. You know, that way I could just get in queue, wait for my time, buy whatever tickets I could. Didn't they didn't have to be the best? They just I just had to get tickets. Well, the the site was down. Like I tried logging in like 10 minutes before, like they uh, recommended, and just hit refresh. The site was down. Couldn't even get in um, for hours. I went to downdetector.com. They were down. So. Um, I couldn't get any tickets and then I I I tried for two hours man. I was just sitting there I wasn't sitting there refreshing, but I would try periodically. In the beginning I was trying like, you know, every second. And then yeah. then every minute, then every five minutes, every ten minutes, and finally I was just like, I, I need to sleep. <laughs> you know, I I had to go to bed. I had to get up early the next day because uh my daughter's choir had a uh, um an event at the Coyotes game. And so I had to get up and, and get ready for that. So I Long story short, I didn't get any tickets. I'm a little, you know, a little bit upset. I was pissed at the time just because the site was down. And then I read, then the stories came out. And, uh, you know, people were complaining of bots and everything. Um, so that was a factor, even though you were supposed to be able to verify your account with Ticketmaster beforehand. That way they can exclude some bots. But the bots got around that somehow. And uh, but my biggest gripe of the whole thing, like I was upset about that, but my biggest gripe of the whole thing was the whoever promoted the tour did not do a very good job of assessing the demand for Olivia Rodrigo tickets because they are she's in venues that hold like five thousand people. Oh yeah, and they should be in she should be in arenas. I mean, I thought that from the beginning. I figured it was going to be at Gila River. I'm like, all right, cool. It's going to be close. It'd be uh, easy to get to, easy to get out of. And uh, yeah, but it just turned out it was just all botched from the beginning. Right when I saw it was at the Arizona Federal Theater, I'm like, "What the fuck is this? This is where like, you know, like a um, like a Skid Row or <laughs> you know the old glam bands perform, the oldies. Yeah, you know, not not new up and comers that people are oh. like the number one artist. I think the the best new artist by the AMA or something like that or whatever her that, award was. That's like uh, uh, that that Jack Harlow guy. Yeah, he's uh, he's playing at at uh, San Jose, uh, like uh, Palace of Fine or Center of Performing Arts or something like that. Oh, okay. Oh no, not Center, uh, Civic Center, something. Like oh yeah, San Jose small Civic Center. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a small place. Yeah, yeah he should it's be. All, it's all general admission. Oh man, he should be. Uh, he should be. And plus the uh, the what do you call? It? Yeah, his following is just way much bigger than that. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm upset. I was more upset because I really wanted to do this for my daughter. I go on the secondary market and tickets start at $648. Woo! Yeah, you so. Buy a new 
<laughs> I'm like shit. So my idea was I'm gonna get her uh, an authentic. I'm gonna make sure it comes with the paperwork, the uh, you know the authentic authenticity paperwork, uh, a signed CD and a CD cover with the CD and a frame and everything. And so that uh, I mean, uh, fuck. I just we'll just have to get her next time she comes around, man. Hopefully it'll be in yeah. an arena. Yeah. Plus she'll have a, a second album. I mean, she's got one album out. Plus she what's she gonna do her high school musical the musical the series songs and i know that my daughter doesn't care for those songs because when we listen to olivia rodrigo um off of apple music when any of those this she likes one of the, her songs from that from that tv show every other song is a skip so she loves the sour album i know that and so she's got to come up with more uh more numbers unless she does like uh i don't know covers like call me maybe or something like that <laughs> hey just the thought yeah M- maybe uh Maybe something you to get your daughter would be a bot. <laughs> I don't know, man. Did you? I don't. I read a a headline the other day. I didn't go into the story because it didn't affect me till now. Was uh, well, I guess it, it does affect the, like the any type. Like I think shoes are bought up by bots, and of course uh, beer. We know in the beer community, bots usually buy up all the limited uh, runs. But uh, um, there's a there's a story going around that Congress is looking into banning bots to buying stuff online. Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally for that. I mean, in fact, yeah, me too. I, I would uh, I, I I'm waiting for the next uh, the the next wave where like, um, once a ticket is is purchased, like it's non-transferable. Oh, you know what? Uh, I that's funny you mentioned that. We went to the Coyotes game, and yeah. my ex was like, "Well, she bought the tickets," and um, she's like, "I go just take a screenshot of the ticket and send it to me," and she did that. And some of it was blurred out, and it said uh, screenshots will not be uh, accepted. Right, right. In fact, too, uh, they have that too, like live tickets. Like every time you open it up, it's it's a new uh, QR code or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's still transferable if if you have a, an account, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Right. But what I'm saying is not from the initial poster. I mean, that that'd be a uh, that'd be legit. Hmm. That'd be tough, though. I mean, what if you can't? Like, you got to be able to move the tickets if you can't go. Get like, a refund. <laughs> oh, refund only. And then the box office has to resell them to somebody. Right. Oh, that's a great idea. I don't know if they want that headache, but still a way to um, authenticate the buyer. Exactly. Very cool. Um, let's see. Did I have any other notes? Um, no, that's about it. Anything you'd like to bring up? Um, now, uh, just, uh, again, uh, listeners who made it this far, thank you again for listening for another week of our, our, uh, <laughs> shenanigans, shenanigans, yes. Oh, there, you know, there, there is one more thing I'd like to bring up is when I went to visit last week, uh, we took our daughters to Christmas in the park. Oh, yeah. San Jose Classic. Uh, oh, it was, it was, yeah, San Jose Classic. But I think that being out here in Arizona, I expect a lot more lax um, as far as, you know, COVID rules and stuff like that. I thought figured, you know, California was one of the stricter ones in the in the United States. But the amount of people at Christmas in the park was the most amount of people I've ever been in close contact with at one time. Oh, I get you. Yeah. In, in, in the confined area. Now, we went to the Cardinals Niners game with, was, I would say, what, like 45,000 people there, maybe? It wasn't full. But it was pretty damn close. But it was a huge area. You know, we're talking a couple acres big. And what, what's what, what's capacity there? I think it's like I want to say 60, 70, something around there. 
It's got to be yeah, around seventy to hold the to hold a, a Super Bowl. You have to be around seventy, right? Uh, yeah, they, they probably have expansion, or you know, they probably expand it like uh, oh, they Levi's could. expands. Yeah, yeah, they, especially down there where the field rolls in and out. There's a lot of room to put yeah. um, um, temporary bleachers. Right. So anyway, so yeah, uh, it was uh, it was <laughs> the most. But you know, we we wore masks, we were safe and everything, so. <laughs> I wasn't worried. It was just, it was like, holy shit, man. For California, the people just came out. I just, people just itching to go out and do something, man. I think that's all it was. Yeah, I mean, that too. I mean, but, I mean, San Jose is one of the most populated cities, too. It just, mm -hmm. that's, you know, I, I guess you could see, too, why we're so tight with the, uh, with the COVID stuff, because there's just so many people. I mean, no matter where yeah. you go, it, there's, it just, it's just hard. So, you know, you got to, don't trust anyone just protect yourself you know yeah that, that's my fucking whole thing from the start is uh yeah. i give tip my cap to stone cold steve austin dta don't yeah. trust anyone yeah. all right bunch of sick ass savages out there <laughs> that's my mindset like everyone's sick Pretty except much. for me <laughs> i mean too i mean not to call people out but and it's free too so it's like oh, a yeah. free event for your family true you know a lot of people are all over that and you know we went Saturday night, I would say closer to Saturday evening, although it was dark and, and going, but yeah, it was still jumping when we left, you know? Yeah, it was a weekend, yeah. I don't think I've ever been on a weekend evening. I think when I used to live there, I used to always try to go like weekday evenings. Right. Just to try to avoid the crowd a little bit. But anyway, exactly. it was just, it was crazy, but I had a good time. I think our, our daughters had a blast, and that's pretty much what we did it for. Oh, definitely. So anyway. All right, man. Uh, thank you for downloading yet again another Cold Brew podcast. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we like to wish you cheers. Until next time.